This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi, this is Andy Bauman from Tom Ham's Lighthouse. I'm the chair of San Diego Restaurant Week. Please join us for San Diego Restaurant Week from September 24th to October 1st, with lunches available from $10 to $20 and dinner available from $20 to $50. Visit SanDiegoRestaurantWeek.com to see more than 180 restaurants participating in Restaurant Week. Welcome, everybody, to Noon on Tuesday. I'm your host, Gina. And by now, I think all cheese lovers out there have probably heard that Tarantay's Reserve won Best in Show at the big annual American Cheese Society competition. Bravo, bravo. But what I think I bet you didn't know is that the creamery from which it comes, which is in Vermont, Springbrook Farm, um, also is a nonprofit organization called Farm for City Kids. Um, and we today are lucky to have Christy Menard, the sales manager for Springbrook Farm and Farms for City Kids, with us um, to talk about how this all works, how this came to be, and how they were anointed Queen Cheese at the show with Tarantay's Reserve. Welcome, Christy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Well, we sure appreciate it. Because I, I'm guessing, just like the cheese, you're probably in hot demand these days after the show. My phone and my email have been uh, busier than usual, let's say. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Well, you know, multiple congratulations because another thing that I'm not sure that everybody knows, did you not also win back in 2014? We did. We were uh, very fortunate to win Best in Show in 2014. That's correct. Yeah, that is just crazy, Christy. I mean, I think people would maybe work a whole lifetime to try to win once, but but you did it with this cheese twice. So kudos. It, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. And you were there at the show, I take it. I think I saw you uh, receiving the award. Yes. Yes, I was there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So tell us, I guess, um, Christy, a little bit about, you know, Springbrook Farm in general and how, how you're involved, and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, so Springbrook Farm uh, is a dairy farm uh, located in the town of Reading, Vermont, uh, which is in the kind of the south-central part of the state. We're just over the New Hampshire border, um, just shy of three hours northwest of Boston. Okay. Uh, we are a working Jersey dairy farm um, and have been making cheese uh, with our herd uh, of Jersey since 2008. Nice. <laughs> we brought some of them along with us in the studio. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I hear that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. The okay. farm serves as, um, as the physical location, too, for the housing of the mission of the Farm for City Kids Foundation, uh, to which Springbrook Farm believe, uh, belongs. Excuse me. Yeah, that is really something, because what that program does, Chrissy, it just allows children from the city, right, to come and see what it's like to run a farm, make cheese. Is that, is that right? So it's, it is an educational nonprofit, um, and the goal of the, the program is to use the farm as an outdoor classroom to not only enhance uh, curriculum in the, that the students are learning in the classroom, their math and science lessons, um, but it's also used to talk to kids about agriculture and the environment, where their food comes from, how to be good stewards of the land. Uh, it's a week-long program, so students arrive on Monday and they stay with us until Friday. Wow. And the seasons really kind of dictate uh, a lot of the activities in which the students might find themselves involved. But certainly they always spend a fair chunk of time in the dairy barn, really getting to know the girls, 
Uh, and they do participate um, in the cheese production in that they spend time in the aging room doing some flipping and washing of cheese. Yeah, that's got to be. I know even to me, that's just a wonderful thing to see. That's just got to be so eye-opening for them, right? It's a really yeah. uh, wonderful experience for me and I think for the, the farm staff is to, to watch um, these students' eyes open uh, and understand what's happening. Yeah, really great. You think you see any future cheesemakers in the midst ever? I sure <laughs> hope so. Right, yeah. Oh, that's really, really great. Um, so tell us, I guess, more about the farm. Like how many girls? Let's start there because we all know that the, the best cheeses come from the best milk. And you mentioned Jersey cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the farm itself uh, is about a 1,000 acres, the majority of which um, are trees and hiking trails and ponds and all of that. Uh, we milk uh, between 40 and 45 jerseys, depending mm-hmm. on where they are in their lactation cycle. Um, they are milked in the morning. They go out on fresh pasture every day during pasture season, which in Vermont runs, you know, May through November. Um, they're out grazing all day. They come in for milking at night, and then they get to spend their evenings um, in the barn chit-chatting away. Yes, t- talking uh, stories of the day. <laughs> Exactly. We also have, you know, some pigs and chickens and and all manner of creatures uh, on the farm. So uh, it's definitely a working farm. Ah, that is just so great. I guess um, that's interesting. You know what? You you talk about it being from May to November. What happens in the other months? No cheese production? Nope. We make cheese year round, Mm -hmm. um, but the diet of the cows switches. So uh, we grow all of our own hay. Uh, that we feed to the herd uh, when it's not pasture season, so November through May. Um, And then their diet is supplemented with grain uh, to meet the nutritional needs of of each of the girls. Oh, that's so cool. And um, I bet you would notice a big difference, yes, in the wheels of cheese made from one season to the next, from the pasture season to the hay season. There is some some seasonal variability in the cheese, that's for sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. We tend to find our spring and summer cheeses are kind of really bright and floral, nice and grassy. Um, certainly the color of the cheese from, from spring and summer milk is really vibrantly yellow from uh, not only the beta carotene and the, and the fresh grass the cows are consuming, um, but also by virtue of the fact that we're working with jerseys. Um, sure. And then in the, in the wintertime, uh, you know, the cheeses tend to be more deeply savory. You get some roasted notes in there, a little bit brothy. Um, we've even had some people say that it tastes a bit like French onion soup in a bite. So mm. uh, Sounds good to me. Yeah, pretty tasty. Pretty <laughs> <Yes>. tasty stuff. <laughs> Anything brothy sounds wonderful. That is really interesting. Um so with your 40 to 45 girls, you are making not only Tarantese Reserve, uh, but also two other cheeses. Is that correct? So we are making two other cheeses, um, but whereas Tarantese and Tarantese Reserve are farm stiff, or they're coming from the milk of our own herd, our other two cheeses, Redding and Ashbrook, the milk comes from our two partner dairies, uh, which are within 20 miles or so of our farm. Okay, super nice. Uh, also, jerseys, I take it? Is this a, a common thread? That is correct. Yeah, interesting. Because it does make a difference in the cheese, right? It really makes a big difference. The... It does. You know, jerseys have a really high fat content in their mm-hmm. milk, um, which certainly shines through uh, in the texture of our cheeses. Anybody who's ever had any of our cheeses will know that incredibly creamy texture, that rich, fatty, mouth-coating texture is is 
memorable. Yeah. I mean, it must be to be just such a winner. Um, so I understand what I was reading, that Tarantese was named after a French valley, and that was kind of an inspiration because that cheese is in that style. Um, exactly. Yeah. When did it first get made? Like, what's, what's the history of it? When was the first wheel produced? So the first wheels of Tarantese produced at Springbrook Farm uh, happened in 2008. Um, but the the creation of Tarantese itself is uh, stems from a collaboration between Farms for City Kids uh, and Thistle Hill, which is another cheese-making farm uh, located in Vermont. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Um, how do you, I'm just curious, the shape. Like, if anyone's seen the whole wheel of a Tarantese, it has that concave outer edge. Yeah. Yeah, how does that get created? Super sexy. Yeah, it's super sexy. It's curvy. We like a cheese with curves, right? <laughs> exactly. Who doesn't? Um, so the shape of, of Tarantese is really a nod to kind of an old cheese-making uh, maybe myth, maybe there's some truth to it. Um, but the idea is that when these alpine cheeses were being made uh, high up in the mountains during the, the summer months, uh, in order to bring them back down for maturation, cheesemakers would tie a rope around the circumference of the cheese and either haul mm-hmm. them back down the side of the mountain on their pack animals or sling it over their shoulders. And, you know, that, that pressure from being bound by the rope on the way down created this concave uh, shape to the wheel. And so while we are certainly not uh, wrapping our wheels in rope, um, that's our nod to that tradition. We have a plastic mold yeah. um, or form that we're able to put around the the wheel um, that gives it that shape. To give it the shape. Oh, that's so interesting. Exactly. I love the history. Yeah, but it makes complete sense now that you say that. <laughs> It's complete sense. I'm like, okay, duh, that's awesome. Oh, that's right. Uh huh. Yep, yep. Uh, but it just does make it look really sexy. A little wedge of that on the board, just with that little bit of a curve, um, just adds something to the deliciousness of that cheese, regardless. Yeah, we eat with our eyes first, so it kind of it prepares you for what you're about to put on your on your tongue. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and eating, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> eating with the eyes is right, and we must, I think cheeses are just getting sexier. I was reading now that Americans used to be, about 10 years ago, we ate an average of 33 pounds of cheese a year, but now I'm reading that that's gone up to about 37 pounds. What do you think you attribute that to now we're making such great cheeses here? I think there is a combination of factors. I think we are making really amazing cheeses in this country. Um, And I think there's an awareness um, that has grown over the years among consumers about, you know, the health benefits of eating not only a balanced diet, but a diet rich in all these beautiful fats from products made naturally. Sure. and, you know, I just think, who doesn't love cheese? I know. I, I'm a suspicious. Dogs and cheese. I don't know. I, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I agree. I agree. Well, now I want to kind of get, you know, into that competition. The ACS, I read this year, uh, two, over 2,000 entries of, you know, that cheeses, yogurts. I mean, that is, that's a staggering amount uh, to compete against. It's, it is. Yeah. And when, when we think about it, you know, to be awarded best in show out of such an incredible array of beautiful cheeses and dairy products being made in this country. It really, it truly is humbling and such an honor. Oh, that is just, again, something. So, so tell us uh, kind of the process of how this comes about. Uh, And and do you do competitions all the time? Kind of the importance of doing these to you. So we do enter uh, several competitions, um, both 
domestic competitions and a couple of international ones as well. Um, and, you know, the process for us for ACS begins in, you know, mid-spring, April, May, mm-hmm. and we start to talk about what cheeses we want to enter. We start to identify uh, and taste through cheeses that we think might make uh, great entries and might have a chance of, of really showing what these cheeses are meant to be. Sure. Um, and then they get shipped to uh, the judging committee uh, in whichever city the conference is being held that year, um, and they're judged just before conference begins. And it's a big surprise to everybody in that room, except yeah. for the judges. Except uh, for when the, the judges. winners announced. Right? Were <laughs> yeah. you were you nervous? We're showing a picture online of you holding a ribbon. What happens at that <laughs> moment? You know, when you are you getting? You're not getting any inkling through the competition that people are saying, "Oh, you could be the one." Absolutely no, <laughs> no, nope, nothing, no idea. You know, it really is. Uh, a surprise. So, you know, I think when they called our name, both Jeremy, who's the Chiefs Program Director, and myself looked at each other, and it took us, yeah. you know, a good 10, 15 seconds to realize that we actually needed to get out of our seat and get up uh, to the front <laughs> of the stage. And um, walk and not to trip. And, our yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was probably, you know, a solid two or three hours later that it all really sinks in. Sure, sure. And just, oh, the accolades. Now, then after everybody, now we're going to want this cheese. There's no chance that we're going to be able to get it. There's not that much of it made, (laughs) correct? (laughs) Uh, That is is, uh, a somewhat fair assessment of the situation. So, you know, with our regular tarantays, that cheese is aged um, between 9 and 12 months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with the reserve, we, we set it aside for a minimum aging period of 18 months. And the cheese that one is a two-year-old cheese. Okay. Uh, you know, we have a finite amount of space in our aging room. So, uh, you know, we dedicate what we can to the cheeses that we really want to focus on and need to focus on. Um, so we put aside about 5% of our regular Tarantase production um, for reserve aging, which comes out to, you know, a handful of wheels at any given yeah. time. If we could make a cheese that was already aged two years so that we could satisfy everybody's uh, interest and, and curiosity about it, we would. But Yes, you need a time machine or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in 2005 when, when this cheese was made, or 2015, excuse me, when this cheese was made, we had no idea uh, that we would be in this situation. So, um that is that is the reality of it, and we wish we could share it with everybody far and wide. Right? Yeah, it's really it's really something. I do too. <laughs> I, I wish it's so so delicious. Did you, um, Christy? Were you involved in picking that one wheel that was the perfect wheel? I personally was not involved in that specific wheel. Um, I was out traveling on the road uh, on the day that they chose all of the okay. cheeses, um, but. It is a collaborative team effort um, in the selection process. The whole team sits sure. uh, at the table, tastes through a variety of cheeses, uh, and really provides critical feedback um, to make sure that we're all in agreement that it falls within the parameters of what these cheeses are supposed to be uh, and that we think it's going to be exceptionally delicious tasting. Right. Because not only delicious, right, but um, aesthetically, isn't that that's so important? Exactly. Because the judges will exactly. um, judge on technicality that it tastes as as it should in the style that it's made. But then there's the aesthetic version, and we're showing a picture of it now. Aesthetically, it's stunning, not only the curve, but then having that really glowing gold edge where the interior yeah. is so pale. That's that's beautiful. It looks, with the eclipse yesterday, it almost looks eclipse-like on the edges, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yeah, it's got its own corona. <laughs> yeah, it, it, its own corona, and it was—it's a winning corona, and it's gold. Exactly. It's a gold medalist. This is a winner all around. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, Chrissy, what else um, can would you like to say about this wonderful cheese that to, to leave the the listeners with? Uh, at least they can dream <laughs> about it. If we can't try to get it for them. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, you know, I just first and foremost love to say thank you to all of our supporters out there um, in the cheese community uh, and the general public. You know, we couldn't do it without their support, without your support. Um, and it truly is a, a community effort from the microbes that live on the surface of the cheese and the microbes that live in the milk uh, to our cheesemakers and our aging room team, the farm staff, um, all the way up the chain. So, um i like to put that out yeah. there. Thank you to everybody for their support. Um, and if uh, anybody finds themselves in Vermont, it is always a beautiful time to go up there. Um, but we are having an open house in September. Ooh. And uh, for, for any New England listeners, if you are uh, in the area and want to come see how we make cheese and visit the farm, play with the... Play with the girls and maybe eat some roasted pig. Uh, we are having an open house on the 23rd of September. Ah, oh, super nice. Yeah. Um, other p- p- times of the year, Christy, is it? Uh, is there like a cheese tour, a cheese road in Vermont that people can come? Is it like wine tasting? Can you go to a creamery and, and visit? Um, so the Vermont Cheese Council puts together uh, a cheese map uh, of a lot of creameries in, in the state of Vermont, also with helpful information as to who is open to the public and which you need to uh, make an appointment beforehand. So I encourage anyone to check out the Vermont Cheese Council website nice. um, for that cheese map. Um, the Vermont Cheesemakers Festival in July is always an amazing time um, to to visit Vermont and to really taste through uh, the array of amazing cheeses being made uh, in the state. It's held annually at Shelburne Farms. We're always there. A lot lot of our uh, Vermont cheesemaker friends are always there. Um, So that's that's really a fun time as well. Ah, that's good. And open to the public, that is. You just buy tickets in advance? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind for the future. I think we need to stroll, drive along the the cheese map route. (laughs) That sounds really, really good. Well, you... um, so in the meantime, we were talking about the Tarantese Reserve winning the whole thing, but Tarantese yeah. itself is also delicious. And that is something that I know that we've got some um, in-house. In yeah. um, share with – do you have some favorite ways that you like to serve that um, or things you pair with it or ways to cook with it? Yeah, absolutely. So Tarantese stylistically, you know, is in the same family of cheeses as Comte or Gruyere. Uh, so it's going to melt really well. You can make a beautiful grilled cheese sandwich with some – uh, caramelized onions, or maybe a little bit uh, of cherry preserves, one of my personal favorites. Mm. Um, and then I, I kind of like to do a grilled cheese off uh, with our own cheeses. So I'll do tarantes, uh with some cherry preserves, or like I said, caramelized onions. I love to make grilled cheeses with uh, redding, which is our raclette-style cheese. Oof, yeah. um, and that with some pickled Brussels sprouts, believe it or not. Ooh. And some mortadella. You know, we all love fancy bologna. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves. So right. <laughs> uh, that makes a really great combination. Um, and then Ashbrook, which is our ode to the French cheese Morbier. Um, I like to play with that with a lot of Asian flavors, so kimchi or ah. yuzu, which is a, a Japanese citrus. I make really great pairings for, for the Ashbrook as well. So lots Ooh. of fun to play with. Different flavor combinations uh, with all of our cheeses. They're a lot of fun. 
That is fun, and I love Ashbrook as well, and I never would have thought of putting it with yuzu or Asian flavors. Now you've got me scheming. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> I did a grilled cheese sandwich for a I'm... National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day, which was uh, kimchi and Asian pears. Uh, with some ashbrook and pretty darn delicious if I do say so myself. Sounds good, Christy. Sure does. It's lunchtime and I'm definitely getting hungry. Pardon my drool (laughs) on my face. (laughs) Pardon, pardon. Well, uh, this is really super. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and share, you know, the wonderful things that Springbrook's done. And of course, Tarantay's Reserve, Redding and Ashbrook are all fabulous. Raw milk, the real deal cheeses. They do not get better than this. Um... So encourage everybody to try it. Encourage everybody to visit Vermont and the wonderful cheese scene. And Christy, thank you today. Uh, all cheese lovers, thank, thank you, so you. Have a good rest of the week and see you next week. Thank well, listen to you so next much. week. Have a good one. Pleasure. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Christy. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. And bye. Take care. Hi, fellow cheese lovers. Cheese Whiz Gina here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe via FeedBurner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Benissimo Cheese at, you guessed it, noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.